You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, folks, and welcome to episode 78 of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. I'm your host, Bart Bouchot, and this is the show for March 2020. Well, not a solo show this month. Um, I recorded a conversation with Jeff Gamut a few days ago that I would like to bring you as this month's episode. Um, those of you who also listen to the Apple show may remember Jeff um, from his days at the Mac Observer, but Jeff has since moved on from the Mac Observer and is now a software evangelist for Text Expander, which is an app I adore. Um, but when he's not, you know, with his day job hat on, He's an extremely keen photographer who considers his iPhone to be his main camera, which is a place I haven't quite arrived at, but I'm I'm getting there. And I thought it would be fun to bring Jeff on to talk about the winners of Apple's recent night mode photography competition. So night mode is one of the biggest changes to come with the newest iPhones. And it really has changed how you take photographs with a camera phone. And while this was Apple's competition, some of the other manufacturers have similar new night-focused modes on their cameras. So this concept that you can't use a camera phone at night, that, that concept is dead. And these six photographs that won this competition underscore that point wonderfully. And so I wanted to have a conversation with a, a fellow iPhoneographer, if you forgive the term, um, so that we, we could sort of admire the shots for how, you know, f- just because they're good, right? They won for a reason, um, but also try to learn from them and figure out, you know, how they were taken and also what it is about them that makes them good. You know, anyone can say, yes, this is good, but I'm always more interested in why. You know, why is this photograph so arresting? Why is this photograph catch your eye? Why do we think this is such a good photograph? And Jeff was just the perfect person to have that conversation with, so I'm delighted he did. And uh, I think we should just uh, play the conversation. Jeff, thank you very much for giving up some of your, what is it, Wednesday afternoon, evening? Not quite sure what time it is in, in your part of the world. Well, sometimes I'm not sure either. Um, oh, it's Wednesday evening. And and Bart, for you, I am more than happy to, you know, it's not give up time. Get to share time. Oh, thank you, Jeff. Um, so I've invited you on to um, sort of try to learn from the winners of Apple's Shot on iPhone Night Mode Challenge. And um, people who listen along will know that I did something similar last year, I think it was, um, with the regular Shot on iPhone winners. And I think there's a rule on this podcast that your first name has to be Jeff to do a an Apple photo challenge with me because Jeff Carlson from, um, oh, with the photo, photo active. From like everything. Well, I, I'm from everything indeed. And um, did the last ones with me. Um but well, you have very kindly agreed to do these ones with me. Um, now, I am a very keen iPhone shooter, and I have spent quite a bit of my winter playing around with night mode. Um, I'm mm-hmm. wondering how how you would describe yourself in, in terms of your iPhone photography. 
my iPhone is my primary camera. And, I've, I've uh, arrived there too, which if I, if I had a time machine and gone back and told two year ago self that I would have laughed at myself. You know, yep, I totally get it. But um, yeah, my my uh, camera, when the iPhone 10 came out, that that was when I didn't feel like I needed to have uh, a backup camera that was nicer. Mm. It, it did everything that I need. Yeah, for, for me, the iPhone ten was a point where I realized I was kidding myself, but I wasn't quite prepared to, to go in with it yet. And then the iPhone 11 was like, OK, no, that's it. We're we're done. <laughs> this is this thing is the best camera I have at the moment. And it is amazing how much happier I am with my photography since I'm not trying to lug around the giant heavy DSLR. You know, it changes everything. Because it's and, always in my pocket, uh, I, you know? Yeah, it's always in your pocket. And the problem that I see so many people have when they're when they're taking their DSLR with them everywhere is that they pull the camera out and now they want to set up the shot. And mm. they miss it because they couldn't just pull out their camera phone, take the shot, and then be like, hey, that turned out really well. Yeah. And the, the the press to hold the camera or the force press the camera icon on the lock screen is just perfect. You know, you're, 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 oh, that, there's an opportunity, you know, some cool bird that just landed or something. Press and hold, you know, click the 2x zoom. I mean, it has a couple of a couple of little niggles I have. I wish it would remember that I just want to shoot everything in 16 to 9, please. Could you just, just remember that? But anyway. That's... Well, okay. That's an opportunity for Apple to give us a new feature with iOS 14. How's that sound? It would sounds good. I have certainly been in touch with them at apple.com forward slash feedback to um, express my desires for the future products. That sounds great. We should all do that, actually. To be honest, it's a really good tip because I've actually... It doesn't happen every time. Like I, I send them feedback quite regularly, but I have twice in my... 20 years as a Mac user had Apple, an Apple engineer from the team running the product that I was complaining about actually write me back and say, please give me more details. Oh, wow. Which shocked me. The first one was Aperture, which I'll tell you how long ago it was. Um, and okay. But that second one Yeah, was. that'd be a while ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they do listen. Uh, even if they don't always reply, they do listen or read, I guess, um, which is good. So yeah, you're an iPhone. <clears throat> excuse me. You're you're a big iPhone shooter. How are you a big yes. night mode shooter? Well, um, I suppose technically yes. And the reason I say technically is because I'm still rocking my iPhone 10. So oh. I've been I've been using third party apps for uh, for my night mode shots. Right. And of course, yeah, I mean, Apple isn't doing, well, okay, they're doing it very well, but it's not magic. It's averaging a video and pulling out the the image. Right. And um, um, with iPhone X and the the two apps that I go back and forth with are Neurocam and uh, Night Camera HD. And... um, I'm going to ask you uh, to drop me links for those for the show notes because this is a bonus. I, I wasn't expecting to get to allow people who don't even have an iPhone 11 to be able to shoot night mode. That's cool. 
Okay. Um, I'll throw, I'll throw in a link for nightcap also, because I've used that uh, as well. So, excuse me, those are the three apps that, uh, that I like using for, uh, for night mode shots, shots. And, um, they've, yeah, they've all worked well for me. Oh, and, uh, and actually nightcap, if, if, if memory serves me right, this is one that has been around for several years. And, uh, um, anyhow, it's all three of them are, are apps that I really like. Excellent. That's that's a bonus. Uh, I'm really liking this as a little bonus tip here. So Apple ran this photo competition um, a few months ago, and a, a few weeks ago, at the start of March. God, it seems like forever ago. Um, but uh, a few weeks ago, at the start of March, Apple released the winners of their best night mode photos shot on iPhone. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if these are in, in a particular order from first place to last place or if they're just six shots that Apple have considered to be the best. Um, either way, the I, link is in the show notes of the page where Apple lists them. And I would suggest we simply go through them in the order they're on the page. So d- dearest of listeners, if you would scroll yourself to the first image, which was apparently shot by a chap in Moscow, Russia, on an iPhone 11 Pro. Mm-hmm. And it is... Well, it's obviously shot at night. <laughs> it's a guy in a... Oh, right, yes. Distinctly non-European-looking van. Um, we don't make cars of that shape in parts of the world that are not Russia. Um, he's on a snow-covered track. His lights are on. His rear lights are on. There's light on inside his truck, so we can see him sitting in there. And he's parked on a fairly remote-looking mountain road with some dramatic rocks and some forest. And, of course, the fact that I can even say that there is mountains and forests and snow in a night shot is saying a lot. So mm-hmm. I guess what what works for me here is the contrast in the red and the blue and the sh- just the shapes. Like that is a really strong triangle from that mountain that really sort of catches my eye. What do you, what catches you first with this one? For me, it's it's the whole uh, little truck, and uh, and just just so people have context as to how I took in all of these images. Mm-hmm. I did them all on my 12.9 inch iPad Pro. Oh. And and that's because I assumed that uh, that Apple had made sure that these were all optimized to look best on their own calibrated system. That's and uh, and I and I do see a difference with these when uh uh, obviously, when I'm using my external display on my MacBook Pro, and uh, I, I just feel like like the depth that I get out of these images is much better on my iPad Pro, and it, I didn't have time to check them all out on my 16-inch uh, MacBook Pro to see how the images looked there. I should I should have done that as well, but nonetheless, okay. So so my eye is immediately drawn to the uh, to the little truck and that's because it gives me this this wonderful warm color contrast and shape contrast with the whole rest of the image hmm. and uh, and and I love the the boxiness of that with 
the contrast to the to the slope of the mountain uh, wall that's that's right behind it, and um, and then after that, I go right into the snow in front of the of the truck, and it's because that's the part to me that is the uh, the I'm calling it the unnatural part of the image because that's where the tire tracks are. That's where the chunks of dirty ice and snow are that fell off the, what I'm assuming is the truck in front of this one. Right. And it, it just adds, it it adds a human contrast to the, to the whole image. Well, the other thing is the driver is not in the truck. So what we're seeing is a passenger. So to me, is this the driver who's walked out, turned around and took a picture of his own truck? Or is this someone from a truck in front? You know, I thought the same thing, and I'm assuming it's the the truck in front, and the reason is because I can't find footprints. That is that, and I would expect. There you go, Jesse. You, you could be Poirot, and I would fail. <laughs> it, those are the little things that I look for because, to me, that 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 was something that stood out as well. There is no driver. Where is the driver? So I immediately zoomed in on the image to find footprints. Yeah. And I did not. Yeah. I, uh, something that strikes me as well is because of the difference in, in sort of the quality of the light, it really does feel like two distinct worlds. There is the world and then there is the little universe the guy in the truck is inhabiting. And he's in a very yes. different world. He looks quite comfy in there, actually. Whereas outside, yeah, he does not comfy. look comfy. Yeah, he looks comfy and actually a little bit bored. He looks extremely bored, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, he does. And I guess from a technical point of view, what strikes me because I was, you know, when I was a big DSLR lugger, one of the things I always loved to do was work in high dynamic range, not because I wanted unnatural shots, but because I wanted to be able to capture the same sort of dynamic range our eye can see. I wanted my photographs to have as much of that range as as I could see. Mm-hmm. And th- this is exactly the kind of shot I would have always wanted to capture. But it's I know from experience, this is really hard to do. Like. To, to have the outside reasonably exposed, the inside of the van reasonably exposed, the headlight lit snow reasonably exposed, all at the same time, that's probably a three or a five image bracket, you know, raw images bracketed. And Right. And then uh, look at the at the pine trees yeah. in the distance behind the, the van. There's no detail lost there either. I mean, yes, there's detail that's lost, but it's because those are in the uh, in the snow, or, yeah, and, or excuse me, the fog. And I mean, there's a download button actually on the Apple site next week, Jim, so you can actually download the full resolution. And these are warts and all images. I mean, this is not a noise-free image. No, that's true. You can you can really pick out the noise in that fog. Yeah. It really stands out there. But I'm I'm not one of those people who thinks that, oh, if it's noisy, it's bad. Just like I wasn't one of the people who thought grain was ugly. So, you know, and I know people say, oh, no, grain is aesthetic, whereas noise is not. It's like, yeah, give it 10 years. You know, to me, grain is the same as noise. It's an, it's an artifact of the process of creating the image. And, uh, yeah. and grain, I mean, that, that's coming from the photographic paper. So to me, that's really changing what the image is. 
And, uh, and it's just something we've all been used to because that's how it had to be. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And actually it's not the paper. It was the emulsion on the film. And if you, well, want... that, that tells you how long it's been since I've actually dealt with, uh, with film, with, with film, because I got that wrong. Yeah. yeah. And the reason is because to make the film more light sensitive, you needed to make each particle bigger. And if you make your particles bigger, you got grain. And so I used to, I used to do mad things like shoot at 3600 ISO on film. Mm-hmm. Like Ectochrome 3600. I used to love that stuff. Uh, but it was like grains the size of houses. Like, I mean, <laughs> but you could do things yeah, with it, you know. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. You know, you could do things with it you just couldn't do with, you know, your, was it the 400 ASA was like what they call their, ooh, a really good codec gold. The Zoom, the 800, that was like really, really good. Ah, give me 3200. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Is there anything Excuse else me. you want to say about the, this first image or do we move on to our, the second one? Well, I'll, I have one more thing to say about this and it's something that's going to be a pattern for me in images that I like. And okay. it's, does the image tell me a story? And clearly and, it does, because we're arguing about whether or not the driver is looking back at his own truck or if someone in the truck in front is looking back at this one. Or, so there's obviously... There, there's, there's a, a there, story there. here. Yes. And and I want to know the backstory for the the guy sitting alone in the passenger seat in the van looking forlornly out the window. Right. And there's also... I mean, at the bottom... The lower right quadrant of the image has been touched by man quite extensively, right? There's lots of tracks. It's a, 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 clearly that is a man in, in infested part of the image, but the other three oh, quadrants yes. are not. So, where you know, why is this little piece of mankind encroaching on nature? Well, you know, are they at the edge of something? Is I mean, you know, it's hmm, it, it, yeah. Are are they between? Uh, civilized locations, so they're yeah. completely isolated out in the middle of nowhere, and yet there are these signs of uh, of of constant human traffic. Yeah, because the snow's pretty well compacted. Which, arguably, maybe it's compact enough that there wouldn't be any tracks, and so it could be the driver. Yeah, it could be. Could be. I, but I'm thinking when when I look at the snow. And uh, and I'm from Colorado, so I'm used to looking at snow in the mountains. Ah, okay. We get snow I every few ex- years. <laughs> yeah, and for me, it's uh, it can literally be year round, depending on where I go in the mountains. Oh, um, I I am not seeing the signs for me that tell me I wouldn't be able to find footprints. What what I see when I look at this is uh, is a road that has been plowed. Right. And it hasn't snowed recently, but it's been windy. Mm. And so there, there is snow that has blown onto the road. And it's probably just that like really crunchy, grindy, crackly sounding snow when you drive on it. Yeah. And, uh, and that snow, it, it will compress really well when the tires are driving over it. So you can see the tire tracks, but you should also be able to see footprints. Okay. I, I will. I will bow to your snow expertise. I, uh, 
as as I think about this, I had a fleeting moment where I thought, "Am I spending too much time in the mountains?" And then <laughs> that was quickly overpowered with, "No, you no, live I there. am not." As you know, you can bow to my rain expertise. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so, dearest listeners, scroll yourselves down to the second image, and yet again, the photographer, iPhone 11 Pro Max this time, but yet again, Moscow, Russia. I guess it's dark a lot in Russia. Uh, Maybe one reason why they have two night mode shots already out of the first two. Um, But this second shot is extremely different. If you can find me one piece of not man-made in this image... um, uh, I'll give you a prize, I think, because this is a 100% artificial scene. Um, It is a view. I'm left wondering where on earth the cameraman was standing. um, Because we appear to be hovering in midair between two high-rise flats that are very close together with like a courtyard between them. And row upon row of outside corridor balcony stuff. So the the front doors sort of open onto these balconies. And washing line after washing line after washing line. It's dark. And I think the first thing that strikes me here is I'm seeing extremely little noise compared to that last image. Mm-hmm. Like this uh, but is we also crisp. have more light. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, <clears throat> it's extremely well exposed, extremely well lit. And yeah, I guess there's enough light that it's, the noise wasn't an issue here. So, and I think I just figured out the design of the building and why he can appear to float in air. Okay, this, good. This is a single building and uh-huh. it's a box shaped building with an open courtyard in the center. Yeah. And where he's standing it's it's actually on the platform railing, so the so the railing makes a U shape in the building. On yeah, each okay, level. that makes sense. That makes yeah, that makes it work. Yeah, okay, good. Because <laughs> otherwise he's falling, and that would that would be a tragic backstory to this image. Y- yes, it would. Um, okay, when I look at this image, there there's human in it. And that's because of the laundry and the other little things that show that people live here. So that that's a plus for me. And Are they Christmas the, uh, decorations, Jeff, that I'm picking up on some of those? Yes. Yep. There's some some lights on some of the railings. And it's for me, it's the geometry. It's the lines on this one that totally does it. Yeah. It's, I mean, he he is it a he? Yes, Andre. Uh, Andre, okay. I, if I, if you ask me to toss a coin and guess, I'd say sure. Yeah, I think that's a it's a male name in Russian, but I'll be honest, my Russian is not great. Well, okay, so we'll just say Andre. So that way, if yes. uh, if we've got it wrong, we still have it right. So it's Andre. So Andre did an amazing job of getting this lined up so that you have those perspective lines going to the to the single point in the distance. Hmm. and that that just jumped out at me immediately in this shot and it's it's something that i love seeing in in photographs yeah i w- w- what really works well for me here is the the sort of the the architecture itself is very symmetrical it's you know brutally symmetrical i would go so far as to say but everything human 
is asymmetrical because everyone's balcony is a little bit different. They've all bought different little washing line things to hang over the edge of the balcony. They've all put different decorations up. Obviously, they all have different laundry um, and they haven't Mm -hmm. arranged it to be a perfect mirror image of itself. So everything that's hodgepodge, that's asymmetrical is human. And everything that's rigid and solid is artificial. Yes. And, uh, and, and I also love, if you look above each balcony, mm-hmm. where you see the floor from the balcony above, it has that wavy shape thing going on. That is so cool. All those little cylinder, sort of cylindrical imprints almost. Yeah, obviously, whatever they poured the concrete on was, was wavy. So it's like a wavy sky above each balcony. Yeah. And, and I think that was done on, like not like um, artistically this like. is how it has to be built yes it's it's an artistic thing that yeah, this so- which is amazing because when you look at this the design itself there's nothing artistic about this like to the point where where you almost feel like the architect that designed the building has no soul and yet here's this little wavy thing this embellishment on on the building Part of me wants to say that this is brutalist architecture, but then the rest of me goes, you may be giving yourself too much credit for understanding architecture. So, <laughs> so I yeah, either sound... to stop us from saying that. So either I've just been very intelligent or extremely stupid. <laughs> Choose. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's I'm not even painted. Intelligent. Right? Well, what makes me think brutalist is it's not even painted. It's bare... It's bare concrete. Yes, like like so bare that where they've had to go in and patch the walls, it's, it's just a different color concrete. Yeah, fresher, yeah. And the other thing that really struck me the moment, really straight away on this image, apart from that asymmetric symmetry or symmetric asymmetry, that sort of contrast between symmetry and asymmetry always catches my eye, always works for me. But mm-hmm. this is... A much more human, like an infinitely more human scene than the previous one. There is not a single human being in this photograph. That is true. And the last one was in the middle of nowhere and we had our bored looking dude. And here it feels like there's more life overall without seeing a single person. The the laundry is a big part of that for me. And, um, And like looking at the um the laundry line that has a sheet and then several different colored shirts hmm. it's, i'm i want to know about this person yeah because the rest with these there's two laundry lines the top two laundry lines are colorful and all the rest are pretty darn drab like only mm-hmm. one to two people have any fashion sense at all i'm not entirely sure it's a good fashion sense but they have one but they have one yep uh, yeah, yes, and you're right. Everything else, it's just white or beige. Yeah, the, or it looks worse than beige. It looks like it used to be white. Oh, you know what? I have I have to give you that. You're right. That is not beige. That that's what was once white. Yeah, which is worse. <laughs> like you say, the top two washing lines. So clearly, people who live higher up have more taste. <laughs> right. The conclusion I can draw from this image. Yeah, no, I, 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 I it's, I'm always going to be a sucker for an image with broken symmetry. That, that just, 
gets me every time. So I was always going to be in love with this image. But good use of colour always catches me too. And it's the contrast between the little bits of colour we have and all of that drab. It, and actually the white yep. balance is so natural as well. It just feels like I'm there. Yeah, it 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 almost feels, uh, what's a good way to put it? Hyper real. Mm. Like, like it's more real than real when I look at this. I, I feel like I can stick my hand through the screen of my iPad and uh and start moving the laundry lines yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no it's a very striking image and i guess the lesson we can learn from this is to be to be very careful how you place yourself because he or she they if they had stood a meter left or a meter right it wouldn't have worked they had to be in no the not at all and okay here's another thing that makes this whole thing work for me so well look at the bottom so ground level in the courtyard yeah that's where that's the only place you see doors and windows on the far wall Mm -hmm. and uh and that part looks almost like it's burned out and abandoned it does actually it's probably just the light and the doorways are are dark because it's nighttime yeah but you know it makes me wonder what's going on down there Mm. And the other thing is, he's the, the photographer has chosen, although we can deduce that that is the bottom of this building because there's a door and generally speaking, they don't go into thin air. It's not a common design choice, but he hasn't shown us right. one square centimeter of floor. That's true. Yeah. Which is a very interesting choice. So you're not anchored to the ground. You are, you're, the feeling is of being up. You're definitely up and there is no no contact with the ground at all. You're, this is a life lived high, not as a kite, but, you know, high. <laughs> mm-hmm. Elevated. That's true. The only, the only place in, the, in this image where you can be on the ground, so to speak, is to be up in the air. You have to be above ground level and on one of the balconies. Yeah. Okay. Um, unless you have any more insights, I'm going to... Suggest our listeners scrolly, scrolly, scroll, scroll to the next one. Um, we are now in uh, India this time, and uh, iPhone 11 Pro. So, this is the first. My first thought is, how did they get this shot to work? I regularly do this kind of thing, actually. So, the, 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 with Apple's night mode, this kind of thing actually genuinely does work. So I think so what Jeff me, is, please. I think what, what has Jeff's mind blown is that this is shot in a city, right? This is not in the countryside. They, this is in a city. There are street lights, and there are stars. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm going to go entirely out in a limb, but it, my mind briefly said Leo. But no, that's too, no, they're the wrong way around. No, no, I'm going to unsay that and not sound like an idiot. Um, but there are stars. There are there are there are stars, and there is a ground. Um, and there, I mean, it's obviously a dusty climate. Um, the the foreground is a dirt surface, which, if it were Ireland, it would be a grassy square in the middle of town. But the climate is obviously not quite as wet, so yeah, it's a is dusty square. Oh, is it actually, of course, it says in the description where it is, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, whatever kind of tree that is, it has a very interesting sort of 
shape to it. Its branches make an interesting sort of shape. And yeah, it's it, all It almost reddish. looks like roots. Like if you if you took a plant and turned it upside down. Yes, that's a great description. That's a wonderful description. Yeah, the, the, whatever way the tiny little leaves and whatever way they're on the straggly little branches, it's like roots sticking up out of the ground and this amazing red color to match the dust below. Very actually genuinely beige buildings. I'm assuming it's sandstone of some sort. Probably. And a distinctly midnight blue midnight sky. I mean, you know, we don't call it midnight blue for nothing. And it's definitely living up to that description there um, with a smattering of stars. And the first thing I will deduce based on the um, obvious keystoning is that this was shot with the camera pretty wide. Whatever Mm -hmm. the widest you can get away with night mode in. I don't think night mode works in fully wide and ultra wide, but it certainly works in the wider of the or the middle of the three settings. And it must be that because otherwise you couldn't keystone that much. Right. Yeah, um, I agree. I also and think it was a long exposure because there's something has gotten blurred under that tree. I am zooming in. I, okay, see what you're talking about? It's on the right. Yeah, so at the, the right half of under the tree, there's clearly been some movement. That's, yeah, you know, it's interesting because you'd think that with catching that movement there, which is funny, I hadn't noticed that before, um, the people off to the right, no movement there. They're obviously quite sitting still enough not to have moved. Or actually, there's also, there's more light there, which means that the iPhone, so... In my experience with the iPhone's official night mode is it will let you expose longer if you're on a tripod. So I would guess that this is a tripod exposed image um, because we have that little bit of ghosting underneath the tree. It's probably 10, it could be up to 30 seconds in theory. But in the bits of an image where there's enough light, the iPhone will not, it will basically only take one or two frames and you won't get blurring and you will get blurring where it needed all the help it could get is my experience. So okay, that makes sense. Extremely clever to the point where it almost thwarts you, uh, because I have tried to do light trails and have found that if basically train whizzing by, and I did a thirty second exposure, which meant that I was exposing the train arrived, the train came through the shot, and the train left, and the iPhone went well. I have enough frames without that weird thing, and the train was erased from my shot oh no oh so i've discovered you have to fire the shutter when the train is in shot so the iphone cannot erase it and then it will give you a light trail but it really goes out of its way not to blur things so there's probably enough light in that street lit portion where those guys are shooting the breeze and mm-hmm. given that it's mumbai it's probably a really balmy night um, certainly the red colour would give you that feeling, even if it isn't true. So they're out there shooting the breeze and there's probably more than enough light there so that they didn't get a particularly long exposure for those pixels. But the dark that under the sense. tree did. Yep, totally makes sense. And uh, it wasn't until I zoomed in when you mentioned it that I realised that was motion. I thought that those were like other little bushes I, I thought so too for a moment, but it, I sort of, I don't know. 
I sort of have an eye for for the kind of motion you tend to get in these kind of things because I tend to push night mode too far. I tend to break it and then sort of edge back a bit until I get a shot that isn't broken. Um, Well, that's the way to do it. Yeah, because it's very capable. (laughs) It can do really... And this is a really good illustration because if I were to try to replicate this with my DSLR, I would be spending a lot of time in photomatics trying to balance all of these exposures out. And the other thing that's balanced here amazingly well is the white balances. Because those yes. street lights should be horribly yellow, but they're not. They're a little bit yellow, but they're not massively yellow. And that sky yeah. is b- proper, like it's midnight blue. Yeah, the sky looks correct. The The street lights looked correct to me, um, but that's because I'm used to seeing the more yellowish what what are those? The sodium arc vapor lamp? Yeah, the sodium lights. lamps. But the th- so they look like a sodium lamp looks to my eye, whereas in a photograph, a sodium lamp is usually garishly orange. Oh, right. I totally get what you're saying. Yes. And yes. that's kind of yeah. the magic this, of night This mode. looks correct. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what like, that, that that's the thing that I think, unless you try to replicate these kind of photographs the old-fashioned way, you don't realize how insane it is that it, just looks like it should. You know, the problem I'm having, and this is probably a good problem to have, is that <laughs> is that Apple has gotten so good with this that I have begun taking certain things for granted that they just work right. Yes. Like getting the color right on, on uh, the streetlights. Yeah, and it really, I mean, after the first week or two of using night mode, I started to completely take it for granted. Like, I was used to always having to work really hard to get natural white balances in mixed white balance situations. And with HDR, you're always in mixed white balance because you have shadow and light and you have very different white balances. And night mode just kind of goes, yeah, mm-hmm. got that. Next. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's mind-blowing. All right, so I want to point out something mm-hmm. that uh, that I caught when I was doing my my zoom in on all of these images, mm-hmm. and it's a little thing, but to me it was also a very impressive thing. So the the tallest of the buildings, so it would be on the right of the tree. Zoom in on that. The tallest and of the look. Okay. Yep, and if you look at the the top right corner of the building mm-hmm. with the uh the the anti collision light on it yes is lit up and it's right so it's a red light yeah. and you can see it's a red light that's true yeah and that that's something that that i have tried to catch on buildings in the past and and have become very frustrated because I just can't get it to to <laughs> capture correctly. Like I'll get something that, that is just as weird muddled red hmm. or it'll be a, a burned out white and you won't be able to, to get the red off of it. Yeah. But the red is there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I am mildly disappointed. There is no exif data in these images. <laughs> Part, I, I was desperately trying to figure yeah. out what the exposure time and so forth was, but there is no exif in these images. Apple have stripped it out, replaced it with the shot an iPhone winner is pretty much the only metadata in here. I, I'm certain that was totally intentional. 
I I would imagine they have some sort of filter that just goes through anything that goes out to press that apple.com but still mildly cranky I was really hoping to yeah because I will be I'm very curious whether this I would be shocked if this was less than 10 seconds just from my experience with night mode mm-hmm. but I would I could easily believe this was a tripod mounted 30 second because the difference a tripod makes like in the actual official camera app, normally you only get to go as far as one, three or five seconds. But if it's happy mm-hmm. that the camera is perfectly still, that scale changes to 10 at first. And then if it's really happy with you, 30 seconds. And so I have this tiny, tiny little Joby tripod I stick in my pocket because it actually fits in my pocket. And just mm-hmm. resting that on a car roof or a wall and just popping the iPhone in and just giving it 10 seconds to settle and then you'll see that scale jump to 30 seconds. And if you dial it to 30 seconds, night mode can do the most magical of things. And to me, this image just reeks of the kind of magic you get with those 30 second exposures. Stars and streetlights together. Yeah, and this this is just a beautiful image. I absolutely love the color. And yes. I'm with you. This had to be on a tripod. And... Uh, and I I believe that all the images we've looked at so far, the phones were probably on tripods. I don't know about the first one. I, to be honest, I don't know about the second one either. I I wouldn't take you know, I wouldn't take a bet on I wouldn't take a bet on the first one being on a tripod. And I don't I, I don't think it I'm, needs I to think be that second, second one. one was on a tripod for sure. The first one, if it wasn't on a tripod, it was. Uh, stabilized like on the like they're in the bed of the truck and so they could stabilize on the bed of the truck or something that's plausible i guess but the fact that it has more noise than the others tells me it probably wasn't as long an exposure and it probably isn't as stabilized as as the others just because it has very noticeable noise but the second one was very low in noise and this one despite having caught stars is quite low in noise but particularly on the buildings. It's a bit noisy in the tree. And the sky has that look of dealt with noise. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess, you know, it's dealt with, but nonetheless, you can tell that it was there. Uh, interesting. That darn apple for stripping out that metadata would have been very pleasing to go into. <laughs> yes, especially for a photography show. Um, anyway. Any, anything else before we move along to the next one? Um, the uh, just a small thing. The detail mm-hmm. in the in this uh, dirt square mm. that the tree is in, I just love that. Yeah, the, yeah, it, it's there, right? It, it, you have yeah, the texture of the dirt. Yes, and where the rocks are. They they uh, they don't look like noise, and I've seen that before. Where in night shots, the ground starts just looking like noise. That's a really and, good point. Yeah, and and in this, you can see where the the light is reflecting off of the light facing side of the rocks, and then for the the other rocks that are slightly different angle, you can see the dark side, and it, it just it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very impressive. And 
kind of hard to beat those colours between that blue and that red. That's sort of always going to be a winner for me because you, it's the kind of photograph that, uh, that the thumbnail makes you go, ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, although, to be honest, the next one is amazingly ooh as well. So, dear listeners, if you scroll down to the next one, we, we go all the way to Navarra, Spain, iPhone 11 Pro Max. Ruben, and there's a oh, there's an accent on the e. Does that mean it's Rubain? Rubin? Mm, I'm gonna say Ruben. Apologize. I I like Rubin. It's the forward facing one should stretch the e, shouldn't it? And the backward facing one shortens it, but that's in French. Oh, it's too hard. Anyway, this image is shot. At night, I presume this is of a piece of art. I'm assuming this yes, is some sort of is artwork, piece of art. as opposed to some sort of medieval reenactment. <laughs> but yeah, it's... I checked because because when I was looking at the overall composition, I could not believe that there would be no blurring anywhere right. in, in the band of people. Yes, and and there isn't because. It's actually uh, art, so there is no movement. Yeah. So it's some sort of, I don't know if it's a 2D or a 3D artwork, but whatever dimensions it has as an artwork in the physical space, the photographer is clearly standing on the top of a hill slash mountain. There's paved, artificial paved surfaces in the foreground, but quite... Right, like paving stones? Yeah, but quite rugged and rustic. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you have this artwork... And then you have what I can only describe as a sea of of that um, sodium yellow that we talked about a moment ago, right? Yes, it, it it's the the light of a city in the background. Exactly. If we you see, look, you yeah, you can see, see city lights. Yeah, and obviously it's a misty slash cloudy day, and those city lights have just illuminated the entire sky in that distinctive shade of sodium yellow. The astronomer in yeah, me hates that color, by the way. But... Shot. Yeah, so while the astronomer in me hates that orange, what a color to silhouette with. And what a what a bizarre concept, not to silhouette against a sunset or a sunrise, but to silhouette against light pollution. <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought about it that way before. But yeah, what an interesting choice. And... It totally works. It works amazing because what a color. But also, that's quite dim in the real world. So this is a case where night mode has given you a shot that is more dramatic in the camera than it would have been in real life. Up until now, most of the shots have been amazing because they look like our eye. This is abstract. Yeah, this is amazing because this isn't what our eye would have seen had we been there. Exactly. We would have seen, we would have been squinting to get that artwork to stand out against a normal looking, vaguely dark sky above a city. Whereas with the night mode, whatever length of time this was exposed for, and it could really could be any length of time because this is utterly static, everything here. Mm-hmm. That dim sky has been illuminated into this vibrant orange. And it looks amazing. Yeah. And it's the exposure is long enough that the uh, the very subtle light reflection that we wouldn't really be able to see ourselves is very evident in the ground. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's texture in that ground again. I mean, there is also some noise in the ground, but not a lot. It's quite grainy looking noise if, if it, you know, if anything. The, the but there's place, texture there, there's detail. Yes. And the place where the noise stands out to me the most, look at the, the paved stone path. Mm-hmm. And there's that rock that's like right in the middle at the, yeah. at the beginning. That rock, that's where the noise really stands out. It, to me, it's also in that sort of the bit that almost spills from that rock towards us. Yeah, where it's like a like a gravel almost. It, it does seem to be a gravel. I mean, there's still enough detail in there that we can tell it's a gravel and it's got some shape. So obviously the rain has washed it into a pattern. But that's a distinctly mm-hmm. noisy pattern. Yes, but because it's that pattern, but the please. noise doesn't stand out to me as much as it does in that rock. Yeah, and it does. I mean, I it is noisy, right? That is a a qualitative, not qualitative, quantitative fact. That is noisy, but qualitatively, it's not unpleasant. Yes, it totally works. Which is good. If yeah. you're going to have noise, have it be fine. And maybe, yeah. yes, maybe that noise, noise work for you. maybe that noise adds to the image because the utter sharpness of that silhouette feels even sharper because of the slight muddiness we get from that noisy foreground. Yes, I hadn't thought it about it that way until now. The way. I was uh, interpreting this was you had this incredible sharpness of the the silhouetted art, mm. clearly man, so man-made. Yes. And then you have nature doing its thing, which is waves and uh, and not parallel lines and mm. uh, and things that that uh, that fit together perfectly, but at the same time they're not perfect shapes. And so that's the foreground of this image yes. for me. And yeah. then the sharp contrast of the silhouette and then the backlight of the city. Yeah. And the more, the silhouette is extremely captivating because whoever the artist is who created this work of art, like it looks windblown. The, 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 you know, the, the, you have the two figures, a horse mounted in the middle and then the, Sort of to their right, there's someone who looks like they're leaning into the window with their clothes flapping. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's extremely dynamic for this static silhouette. Really catches yeah. the eye. And the, whatever little details there are in those tiny little wooden things over, over their heads, that's so sharp, that detail. Even when you zoom all the way in to, you know, to 100%, when you pixel people like crazy, it's still sharp. Yes, and uh, and the grass that's in there with the the silhouetted art, mm. the detail is still there. Yeah, I can pick out blades of grass against the cityscape behind. That's nuts. Best kind of nuts. It is. There's something in this image that bothers me. Okay. And mm-hmm. I'm almost reticent to share what it is because you will never be able to unsee it. Oh, go on then. I've enjoyed it enough. <laughs> Okay, so look at all the people. They're leaning into the wind. Their hair's blowing behind them. Mm-hmm. Their scarves are blowing behind them. Look at the direction of the pennant flags. Oh, oh, oh that's so stupid. 
Oh my god. You're right. I can never unsee that again. <laughs> and and everyone, I am so oh. sorry I just did that to you. I am so sorry. That's amazing. How? 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 <laughs> oh my god. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. Yeah, okay, you you've earned your Poirot award again. It's it was just one of those little things that at the same time was so giant to me. Oh now it's giant. Like huge, huge mungus. <laughs> amazing. Okay, that is <laughs> scroll on, dear listeners, now that that one's been ruined for us. Um and on to no, 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 I I think that's amazing that that I could look at that image for so long and not see that. I I'm I'm in I'm in shock. So if we scroll on again to the penultimate image, we are Moscow, Russia again. Jeez. So the pattern I'm seeing here tells me if you want to take award-winning photos, you need to go to Russia. Our award-winning photos in the dark, anyway. <laughs> okay, award-winning photos in the dark come from Russia. Yeah, because with the last, the, the winners of the regular shot on iPhone competition were very strongly um, sort of Southeast Asia area. So obviously shooting during the day you need to be in Southeast Asia, but shooting at night you clearly need to be in Russia. So this seems to be the part yeah. of Russia that I would have imagined would be the Scandinavian looking part of Russia, right? So I guess to des- to describe the photograph we have a very distinctive rock. Am I the only one thinking close encounters of the third kind? I am now. Naha, excellent. I've brain hacked you too. <laughs> only fair. Um and then it, it a is di- only fair. A distinctly Scandiwegian-looking village huddled below that very distinctive rock, and it's on a coast with water covered in snow, and the houses are all painted in what I'm assuming is some sort of wood treatment, but it's a wonderfully royal red. That That is such a great yes. colour they've all chosen. Yeah, the only building in this shot that isn't red is white, hmm. and I'm guessing that's like a community centre sort of building as opposed yeah. to these others that look like their their homes. You're right. That has a distinctly community yeah, it's it, it it's a yeah. It's different. That building is different. It, it it's some sort of it's also at the center, so you're right, that's a something. And the rest are lovely looking houses. Yeah, Holy. see that's part of the story for me in this one. Yeah, and the, the to me it's the, the it's that right. So the houses have their lights on, and we can still see the window frames, which is technologically Amazing. magical that they're not completely blown out. Yeah, and yet there they are. Yeah, and the lights of the village are actually casting quite a lot of noticeable light on the near side of the very dramatic rock. Yes, and the snow is white. Which is what it should be. So the white balance yeah, just like is pure spot white. on. Yeah. And that does it, right? Because that snow being pure white makes the red vibrant, right? If the if the snow was off, the red wouldn't catch you. But because the snow is so crisp and fresh, the red hits you with its full warmth. And yet the background yes. is cold and blue. So that makes the village feel really quite pleasing compared to the distant background, which has that very cold hue to it. You know, the the difference in color there, to me, looks as if, and I know this isn't what happened, but this mm-hmm. is how it appears. It looks as if they took two different photographs. One of these cold blue mountains, 
Hmm. And then this coastal thing where they cut the background out and then laid that on top. Yeah. It, it has that feeling to it. And I think what's actually happening at a physical level is it's the light pollution from the charming little village is casting the nearest rock in the same colour of light as the village, which has been white balanced for, and the rest is not lit up by the village. And so it's white balanced a different way. Which totally makes sense. But that um, that's boring. You know, that's just technical stuff. Uh, the composition here is masterful. And the the composition of the colour, they're just... They they just grab me like they, they, I like shots that are vibrant, and by vibrant I don't mean you don't garish. mean garish. I mean the color is accurate but punchy, and because the snow okay, is white, it feels accurate but punchy. Because that, that, that's quite the punch. Like that red is not subtle, even vaguely. No, it's not. I mean, it it is just like red to the point where. It it feels as if every house was painted in fire engine red. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm sure it's some sort of like creosote or something that preserves wood. I'm sure there's a reason they're all the same color. I'm sure they're all sick of them all being the same color, but I think it's adorable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. And then, so you have this this little town. You have the warmth of the red looking buildings. And the light spilling out of the windows. And so you can imagine the people are sitting inside and, and there's a fire going in in, uh, in their wood-burning stove. And, uh, and they're having something nice and warm to eat and something good to drink and, and laughing with their friends. And then out front, there's this snow on, on the rocks. Mm. And I just love how the, the snow that that's uh like between the two houses that make up the corner the edge of the mm-hmm. town you have the snow on top of the rocks but the contrast of the of the rock faces showing as well and yeah. it's just this wonderful visual texture thing yes and it, it like my my eye was immediately drawn to that area with the little fence between the two buildings and mm. it's just like it's wonderful, and all those footprints. See, you can see all of those footprints. Yeah, and that that that, that sort of adds another sense of life, right? I mean, the, the houses are very clearly lit up. So, while there isn't a human figure in sight, it still feels lived in and alive. And those footprints are a big part of that. Yes. Yeah. It's just wonderful. Oh, I hadn't noticed the uh, the little ramp um, porch going up to the white building. Oh, until yeah. Until just now. Yeah. Huh, there it is. Yeah, that's definitely a community center. If someone's gone to make it accessible, that's... Yes. And which tells me that in this town, this isolated little town, that uh, there's this community... And in the community, there's at least one person that needs to be able to uh, to navigate without having to deal with stairs. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, it's very yeah. homely feeling. Very homely feeling in that stark, stark nature. Mm-hmm. Now, the, uh, the waves in the foreground, mm. to me, that's such a surreal part of the image. Because that's where it's not frozen in time. You you have the blurring of the motion. 
yeah. of the water. Yeah, and obviously it's because it's dark there, because the light from the village isn't reaching that. And so it's a, like you also have a spectacular amount of noise in some of the waves that are not that are very, very blue because they're not lit up by the streetlights. So obviously, the iPhone had to work really right. hard to capture that at all. And it's really noisy and blurred. Yep. Yep. And then the middle bits, clearly there was enough light that the camera had no trouble at all because they're very sharp. Yes. And and this is another one of those shots that uh, that draws me in because I want to know the story. I want to know who these people are. I, I want to uh, to have dinner with them. I want to know what it is that they do in this in this point of isolation. I mean, there's clearly enough happening that they can all live. But, right. Is, uh, is there a point at the back of do? that village? Like there's an inlet there. Maybe there's a harbor. Maybe. Yep. And uh, and then if you look at uh, at the building that you can see directly between the two frontmost buildings, mm-hmm. there's this whole like trestle raised platform yeah. that that's in line with the bottom edge of the roof. Yeah, so is that and for drying it, something or uh, some there's there's yeah, what a, is there there? Do? Or is it for drying nets? There's a whole bunch of similar scaffolding on the, the, the sticky out bit on the middle right of the image as well. Right. And then if you look at the far right edge of the image. There's the middle left. There, and the far um, right as well. There, yeah, there, there's more trestles. Yeah. And the, and then just beyond those trestles, there's something that looks like, like a giant funnel. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there's an industry here. And I have no idea what it is. <laughs> But these people clearly yeah. have a means of sustaining themselves. Yep. And I hadn't noticed before, at the bottom of that funnel thing, there's mm-hmm. two cars. The, my brain had turned those into oh. just big rocks. But no, there's two cars sitting there. Huh. So, yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, camouflage, though. But you're right. Two, two very ordinary looking but cars. now I can't unsee them. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I just love this image. Yeah. Like, I, I love this image so much. I would love to have a high quality print of it. And, I would uh, hang it on my it, wall. Put it on the wall. I yeah. absolutely would hang that on my wall. Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, and that brings us along then. So one more scrolly scroll scroll to the last image of the day, where we are off to Beijing in China with an iPhone 11 Pro Max. And this this is uh, this is the first one with this. Well, not the very first one, I guess. But there's more humans this here. This is than the, the first one that has people in action. Yes, yeah, because yeah, the the first guy, well, he was a person and he did catch a eye. Action was not the word either of us used to describe him. <laughs> no, there was no action in his life at that moment. <laughs> no, he was the opposite of action. So this is a street scene at night in, I presume it's in Beijing, where the photographer is is from. And it's that wonderful street food that you, you tend to get in Asia. They, they have a culture mm-hmm. for it there that we just don't have. And it's people, you know, you have people going about their daily lives in the dark and they're very blurred. And then you have the people cooking the food who are lit up by, well, the little portable light for the food stalls. And they're quite sharp. And there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of dramatic light being cast. Steam... And one chap with 
the most garish pair of what I would call runners and what you would call <laughs> trainers I have ever come across. They seem to actually shine in luminous orange. Yeah, his shoes are something else. And uh, th- those were one of the first things that I that I caught in in this shot because wow, they really do stand out. But overall, this is this is another photo that I just love. The the whole uh, city life action shot thing mm-hmm. is is just one of those things that I really really enjoy. And when it's done well, like this photo, then it's it's just a joy to look at. And yeah. I I I love that you have the mix of static. Meaning the people that that are standing still or relatively still in in the in the light, hmm. but then you have the blur of the people off to the side of them. So you have these two worlds that are going on: the world around the food truck, and then the world of all the people that are that are hustling and bustling off to wherever it is that they need to go. Yeah, and I, I love the the power lines and phone lines that are just strung and draped everywhere. And uh, and just the the spider web pattern that you get from the tree that's behind the pole. And uh, there's a real oh, sense of ahead. place because of that skyscraper background as well. Yeah, it 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 just it has this this wonderful. It, it's another human feel, mm. and I I've said it before. I, I'm into the story. I'm into to the human aspect of shots. Yeah. And there's just so much of that going on here. I mean, you have the food vendors. You can see the you can see the food that they're making, bags of of rice or other cranes and uh and uh and I love the sign that's peeling off of the wall. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's just all those little things, and then like being able to read, even with the noise, the mm. uh, the writing on the crates that are on the right side of the image. Now, well, granted, if, I can't actually read the writing. I was going to say, but, if I could read Chinese characters, I could indeed read what what's on those things, but I can't. <laughs> so while it is clear enough to be legible by someone with the skills, I I am not that someone. Right, but the fact is, it's legible. Yes. And and uh, and I love being able to pick up the stripes on the sleeve on one of the, the vendor's jackets. Mm. Just you know, it's little things like that 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 just really get me in these images. And then look at look at the background behind them, where there's a tree that's illuminated under the the street pole. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's just all all of this action and static mixed together. I just love that contrast. It's extraordinarily ordinary. There must be a million street corners like that throughout China. Sure, and but yet it's, it's this street corner, and it's right now. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not a tourist attraction. It's not something. It's not something unique. It's just a unique image of normal a wonderful image of normal there there's a lot of beauty in the mundane yes and that's what i get here 
I just it's a wonderful mix of colors. It's a wonderful mix of shapes. There, there, there are these great contrasts, both with light and dark, but also with static and motion. And then that background with the skyscrapers, where everything is clear and sharp, and like you can even um, pick out stuff in windows in the buildings. Yeah. I'm just trying to get remember the exact quote, but there's 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 a poet uh, from the, the same part of Ireland I grew up in who had a wonderful line about the, the the wonder in every ordinary thing or something like that. Every, it might even have been every mundane thing. You know, but he, and he could write these amazing poems about the most ordinary of places, and that's that's what this image says to me. This is extraordinary, and yet it is of an ordinary scene, a very mundane scene. It's, and and the story that weaves itself together for me in this is, well, it's, it's a story of questions. Mm. These people, they probably come to this, to this, uh, uh, food vendor, food cart on a regular basis. They, they know this food. Yeah. And this is, this is a regular thing for them. And they are all completely, just completely nondescript people to me. And at the same time, they're people that have these lives. Mm. And the only intersection that I will ever have with their lives, most likely, is seeing this photograph. Yeah. And it's just it's just one of those things that 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 I love about finding the the human element in the different shots. And the contrast between the very ordinary low tech almost foreground and the very modern high rise background is kind of interesting as well to me. Yes. And no matter how much we focus on other parts of the image, our eyes are always drawn back to that guy's shoes. Yeah. There's no way to get around that, that guy's shoes. It, it, you know, it's either the skyscrapers or his shoes. Your, your eyes kind of want to ping pong between them. And then you're always getting caught by the perfect, and again, it's because the the iPhone chose to white balance on the lamp lighting up the food stall. That that mm-hmm. is that is pure white, and so everything else feels less important because it's not quite as clean, right? It's a it's a distinctly sodium yellow in the background and stuff, and that mm-hmm. white is pure. So it just it's like a magnet for the eye. You are looking at the guy with the stripy jumper who is looking then at the food he's preparing, and yeah. Mm-hmm. I just have this feeling he's going, ah, you're having the usual there, are you? Yeah, yeah, same as yesterday, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm hungry now. Yeah. See, th- this is a shot that that builds a story. Yeah. And you probably, would you be able to get such a natural shot if you had a giant, big, clunky SLR on a tripod? Probably not. Probably not. And there, there's a couple reasons for it. First, you'd be spending a lot of time fiddling with all the settings yep. to make sure that you're, you're bracketing your shot right. But then second, it's a lot more obvious that you're taking the photo. Yeah, they'd all be looking at you. <laughs> they wouldn't be looking at the guy making them their food. They'd be like, who is the weirdo with the tripod? Right. And if you're doing this on on an iPhone, even if the iPhone's on a tripod, that's a lot less conspicuous than setting up a DSLR. It is, and I would think this is simply handheld. 
with the with the motion that we're getting i'm thinking maybe handheld but i'm leaning more towards where the uh where the photographer is standing there might be another one of these crates and he's like leaning on a crate resting the uh the iphone on the crate yeah i mean uh, one of the most stable positions is both elbows on something right if you're if you have your two right. elbows on something and you're holding the iPhone, you can be extremely static, even though it's technically not a tripod. And you can look like you're just reading your tweets. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, no one's when, noticed. When I'm doing night shots. Yeah. Uh, for my night shots, when I don't have a tripod with me, I like to always find places where I can stabilize my camera on something else. Yes, railings are great. Cars are great. Yeah. Yes. Definitely agree with you. Yeah, no, that, that, the, I like your theory there because there could easily be another food stall right next to the one that we're looking at that this, the photographer may just be leaning on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what an awesome shot. I'm, I yeah. get why these all were award winners. And I can only imagine that... The other shots that didn't win, that mm. there's still some incredible photos there too. Yeah, there absolutely must be. And so what I'm hoping listeners have taken away from this is inspiration to get out there. And, at, you know, it doesn't matter if it's dark. Our modern camera phones can deal with dark. And it doesn't matter if the place is ordinary, because there's amazing shots in ordinary places. Just... You know, when your phone is with you, regardless of the time of day or night, if you see something cool, take your phone out and push that button. See what you get. Yes. And if you don't feel like there's anything that you can stabilize your phone on, uh, one thing that I do a lot, mm-hmm. um, I, I like to take a lot of night shots on Pearl Street Mall. It's a, it's a walking outdoor mall that's that's very near where I live. And uh, I live in Boulder, Colorado. Hmm. And so different times of the years of the year, they'll put like light strings around the trees on the, on the mall. And so you can get some really fun things going on with, with light and depth. And what I do is, is I lean up against a wall or uh, if it's one of the trees where, where there's not like a, like uh, a railing around it to keep people away from it. I'll lean up against a tree nice. and I can, yeah. I can just stabilize my whole body and hold my camera in close and, or my iPhone close and then take the shot. Yeah. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And the other thing I will say, the, the little pro tip I will give water is your friend because reflections are immense fun, especially at night. Yes. C- city lights reflected in a puddle. You can do a lot with that. Yeah. Or a building shot in the puddle and then flipped upside down, you can mess with people's melon in the most wonderful possible ways. I'm going to have to flip a couple photos. There you go. There we go. So there. We shall leave it at that. Jeff, I I should have asked you up front, where would you like people to go and find you on the internet? Uh, Well, how about if they go find me at textexpander.com? They can do uh, that. or Or on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Jay Gamut. So that's J-G-A-M-E-T. And I will, of course, have links in the show notes. I will also have links in the show notes to the uh, the six photographs. 
and to those apps you mentioned at the start of the show. So that will all be at lets-talk.ie along with those, you know, support the show buttons that I'll talk about after I get off the call with you. Um, Jeff, thank you again uh, for joining us and uh, I'm hoping I can find some excuses to pull you in here again in the future. Bart, this has been so much fun and it's been far too long since we've had a chance to talk. So, uh, yes, let's find a reason for, for us to record again. Excellent. It is, it is. It's a date. I don't know when it is a date, but it is a date. It will happen. Anyway, thank okay, you, Jeff. committed. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, talk to you again soon. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Well, with that, I'm going to bring this show to an end. I just want to thank Jeff again for agreeing to sit down and have this conversation. I had an absolutely wonderful time recording it, and I really hope you guys had a good time listening to it. Um, Reminder yet again, show notes at less-talk.ie, links to the photo competition, obviously, to the winners. Uh, Also links to the various tools Jeff mentioned. And also um, a collection of large blue buttons under a heading support the show. Um, This show is listener supported, 100%. There are no advertisers, there are no sponsors. My opinions are entirely free because there are no sponsors, etc. And I'm sort of in a position where I need this show to be self-financing. I don't need to make money from podcasting. It's something I do for the love of it. But I can't have it cost me money. And thanks to you wonderful, wonderful listeners, that is the position I'm in. This this show is pretty much breaking even. You know, I could do it saving up a little bit for some hardware and software from time to time. But on the whole, it, you know broadly speaking, breaks even, and that's exactly what I want from it. So to everyone who has ever in any way supported this podcast, be it financially or be it simply by spreading the word, I appreciate it all and thank you very much. And, you know, this show is here because of you guys. Don't forget that. Anyway, without further ado, I've been your host, Bart Bouchot. You can find me at bartb.ie. And until next time, happy snapping. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, this is Dave Ginsberg. I'm the host of In Touch with iOS, a podcast that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and anything related to those technologies um, with my, along with my co-host, Warren Sklar. Um, we in depth with a lot of great things that relates to iOS and and its technologies. I'd love to give you to give it a listen. Uh, you can find us at intouchwithios.com or we are in Apple Podcasts or any uh, podcatcher will be able to find us. Um, but uh, give us a listen. We'd love to have you listening to uh, those great technologies and relating to iOS. Thanks. Thanks.